1: You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience.
0: Well, come on. I bet.
1: All right. This is the fourth episode of Bears Nation podcast. This is Josh Lyles, and we've got Chris Nano and Jake Hassan back.
0: Good to be back. Uh, had a little hiatus, but uh, yeah, I mean it's good to be back, back in a rhythm. Even though this is a Thursday show, and we usually do Mondays, but it'll be quick turnaround, so we'll be back very shortly.
2: Like Jake said, it's good to be back. Um, we sorry for the skip podcast last week, but uh, we'll be we'll be back in back in business.
1: All right. So. The last updated thing that we have to go into is the draft. That's a, that, that happened two weeks ago now. It seems, it seems like so long ago. Um, but there's still plenty to talk about. It's definitely a hot topic still, so we're going to go into it. Chris, I'm going to let you gloat a little bit about uh, our first-round draft pick, so go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was... I remember I was uh, I was live on our Twitter page and um, my all my all my buddies were upstairs and I heard them yelling and they were they were a little bit ahead of me so downstairs I was a little bit delayed and I heard them yelling and we were all in agreement that's who he wanted so I kind of I kind of knew right away Um, but you know it was it was a great feeling I I was I've been on this guy since like October of last year um, just studying him doing some research about him you know he, he Two two years as a starter at Georgia, uh, he only missed one tackle, which is like that. When I saw that stat, it was I was it was mind-boggling. I couldn't believe it. You know, he's he's had some problems um, shedding blocks, uh, stuff like that. But you know, um, we have a defense where we have the guys in front of him who could uh, take on blockers at the point of attack. So he'll kind of be roaming around, flying everywhere, and that's exactly where he's he's a perfect fit. So. You know, I think I think he has the potential to be an all-pro very, very soon, um, almost right away. Uh, him next to Danny Trevathan is almost the perfect combination at at linebacker. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see what he's got um, in the NFL. I think Fangio is going to turn him into a workhorse, and um, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for a couple, couple years, uh, hopefully several years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm all in on this guy too. I love the pick. I know before I talked about Quentin Nelson and those a couple of guys and didn't really pay attention to Roquan. But, I mean, I'm that being said, I'm happy that the Bears picked him. He fits, fits a need. He was definitely one of the top ten players in the entire draft, uh, regardless of position. And I think he fits perfectly, like Chris said, with Trevathan, with Fangio. I think he's a very Fangio type of player, even though he's a little bit small at one. But that's those are the kind of guys Fangio likes. And like Chris said, he's going to be flying around. I mean, this is a guy that had 137 tackles and six and a half sacks last year, and his last year at Georgia. I mean, that's really, really good for an inside linebacker. Six and a half sacks, especially. So I think he fits really well for the scheme the Bears run. I think he fits really well with the culture they're trying to build. And uh, yeah, like Chris said, I'm excited to see where this goes with him. Uh, definitely all-pro potential there.
1: Yeah. So as Bears fans, we get we get so caught up in the positives and everything, but let's. Do you guys have any off top of your head weaknesses that maybe Roquan Smith may have that necessarily people don't really like talking about? Other than his size, I mean his play. Do you have any weaknesses off top of your head you can think of?
2: You know, after watching him a lot, it's it's really only his size. Uh, Georgia, when there were some bigger blockers, um, he really couldn't shed them off. Um, I was watching a lot of tape on him, and um, he, he was kind of getting just destroyed by by bigger linemen. So. You know, I feel like if he gets bigger, he'll be completely fine in terms of muscle, obviously. And then another thing is anytime his teammates could uh, could, you know, take on blocks at the point of attack and just let him kind of roam around. That's when he was at his best. And, you know, and, you know, we have the players, like I said, to do that. So, I mean, I see no reason why he won't be successful with us.
0: Yeah, kind of the same thing for me, Uh, just as long as he can play to his size and doesn't get overwhelmed. Um, we know the NFC North has some real big linemen. You you know that's true because those teams have to protect Matt, Staff, Matt Stafford, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So there's some big guys, some bruisers on those opposing offensive lines that the Bears are going to see. But I think Fangio, like I said, Roquan's a Fangio guy. I think he's going to, I think Fangio is going to teach Roquan Smith how to use that size, how to not be overwhelmed by these oncoming blockers. And uh, like Chris said, I think they have guys on the line that can take on those extra blocks too.
1: Honestly. Chris, that was, that was my only critique too. So I watched a lot of stuff on him before the draft because you were so high on him. I was like, all right, what's going on? And so I looked him up and I mean, my favorite thing about him is his, his drive. Like, he's just like, I know where I want to go and I'm going to get there as fast as I can. And his football IQ, like he, he looks at the field and he's like, okay, I know exactly what's about to play because I was watching a video and they were saying, um, the, all the tape that he watches. Apparently, he just watches tons and tons and tons of tape. So he's he's dedicated. I I just really like how like when he evaluates and sees exactly where he wants to go, he he goes. And so that's why his size is that that big of a deal because he can get past those giant linemen as long as he commits to his initial reaction. Um, because if he if he hesitates at all, those blockers if those blockers can get his hand their hands on him, that's when he kind yeah. of. Uh, gets overpowered, like you were saying, Chris. So cool. So we're both high on. I mean, all three of us are high on Roquan. Uh, the guy's a stud. We're excited. Uh, pro Bowler one day, potentially this year. Uh, so we'll see. See how that goes. Let's let's move on to the second pick, James Daniel. Jake, you want to go ahead and tackle him?
0: Yeah, I saw James Daniels up close and personal when he played Illinois this year, and there's no two ways about it. The dude, uh, he can play. He's a really aggressive blocker. I know a lot of people were surprised he fell in the second round. And uh, the Bears, I know, I'm sure were happy to pounce all over him because he was graded as a first-round talent. Uh, he's just a big guy. Uh, I'm not really sure about moving him to guard, but I guess keeping white hair at center for continui- continuity's sake is a good thing, especially since uh, Trubisky worked with white hair at center all year last year. But, I mean, the dude can play anywhere on the interior. I think he's going to work really well. Uh, with white hair and Long and Lino and Massey, I think this puts the Bears right back up near the top for as far as offensive line goes. But yeah, I really like the pick. I think it's a great value pick. I think Daniels uh, should not have slid that far, and the Bears were lucky to get him.
2: I completely agree with that. Uh, you know, this was a guy that a lot of people had mid-first round, so, um, you know, he kept falling and falling, and I kind of had my eye on him as the draft was going, but um, I didn't really make much too much of it. I was just kind of oh well, okay he's falling, but and and I was kind of thinking like okay the Bears are coming up, do they actually snag him or do they go another route, you know? And then there was talks about him you know playing at guard, um, which he can do, but I'm re- not really buying all that right now. Um, I th- definitely see him as our center uh, when when the first game comes around against Green Bay. I just, you know, he—that's that's his natural position. That's where he's at his best. Um, unless, you know, unless they do try him out at guard, and he's he's fine there. But uh, you know, I didn't I didn't really think about what Jake. Uh, I didn't really think about what Jake said about how Trubisky uh, worked with Whitehair. I wasn't really thinking about that. So I, I guess it could be a possibility that uh, he does move to guard. But you know, I'm I'm thinking he's going to be a plug-and-play center when the regular season comes around.
1: Yeah, two two good arguments on both sides. I mean, James Daniel is comfortable at center, he's been playing center, but at the same time Trubisky's comfortable with Whitehair at center. So we'll see, we'll see what the Bears decide to do. Whitehair has proven that he could do both roles, so we'll see what Daniel's capable of. All right, third pick was uh Anthony Miller. Let's let's go ahead and talk about him a little bit.
0: Yeah, um Miller I actually really like. I think I wasn't expecting this pick from the Bears. I wasn't expecting them to trade up or make many moves this draft, but uh, clearly they saw something they liked in Miller to move back up into the second round. And, I mean, how could you not? I mean, 95-plus catches the last two years, over 1,400 yards. A little bit of a problem with drops in, uh, in traffic, but I think he pairs really well with Gabriel and Robinson and Burton. So I think now the Bears have four legitimate weapons for Trubisky to go to in any situation. I know Miller can go deep. He could play across the middle. So Pace clearly liked this guy, and I'm excited to see what he can do because there's definitely that big play uh, play potential. He averaged 15 yards a catch his last two years in college. So I I think it's going to be really exciting to see him work with uh, the other receivers and with Trubisky.
2: It it was worth it in my opinion. Obviously, we got to see how he plays. Let me take that back. But you you get get the point. I I think, you know, this is a guy – he had uh, almost 1.5k yards uh, receiving yards last year and 18 touchdowns, uh, which is incredible. Um, I know he didn't play in the best conference, but uh, I was looking at something. Um, him and uh, OBJ when they when they came out, uh, their measurables and their uh, combine results are literally identical. Um, and if you watch Anthony Miller play, it's it's scary how similar they are. Obviously, I'm not saying he'll be OBJ, but um, Odell
0: Buckham pretty good.
2: Yeah, you know we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I, him with Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel, Taylor Gabriel especially. Those guys are just going to be killing defenses, man. Especially in Nagy's system, it's it's going to be extremely fun to watch.
1: Um, so I posted on Bears Nation Twitter uh, if Matt Nagy got his uh, Tyree kill. What do you guys think of that?
0: I think he already had him. To be honest, I think Cohen. Was there? I think honestly, Miller might be a second one, <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, which is really exciting. But yeah, I mean, I definitely see what you mean in that Miller can definitely be that kind of that uh, wild card. So the only problem
1: I have with comparing Tyree Kill and Tariq Cohen is Tariq Cohen's size, um, right? Absolutely, like four inch, four inch difference. Whereas literally Anthony Miller, t- uh, Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill obviously is faster. Like you got to give him the credit. Like, the dude is fast Um, yeah but Anthony Miller has some of the same same uh, traits and capabilities so we'll see like you said Antonio Brown and um, Odell Beckham Jr. not necessarily giant humongous people like Julio Jones and Des Bryant and, and Calvin Johnson but like they still obviously super productive wide receivers so those types of wide receivers definitely can get the job done all right so what's okay are we just gonna call Joel Iggy? Are we gonna do Iggy?
0: Yeah, I think we should definitely do that. Okay. Yeah,
1: Iggy's fine. <laughs> All right, so the next uh, draft pick for the for the Chicago Bears was Joel and we're just gonna say Iggy. Joel Iggy, another inside linebacker, more depth. Do you guys have any anything to say on him?
0: I mean, yeah, like you said, more depth. I think he can uh, I think he can fill at least a rotational role. Um, <clears throat> we talked about earlier uh, before the show that he's kind of more of a developmental prospect kind of wait and see guy but i mean he had 116 tackles and 11 and a half tackles for loss so he has the numbers albeit in a i guess secondary or lesser conference but still i mean when you can put up those kind of numbers in, in any college competition that's pretty good and i mean 4.6 40 yard dash really good uh, for a linebacker so definitely exciting to see what they could do i mean the way I look at it is look at Nick Kwiatkowski. We didn't really expect him to be a contributor in his first year, and he had to step up in his rookie year, and he feel, and he did really well and has come a long way since then, and he's now seen as a foundational piece. So I, I see kind of that as far as uh, role goes, but I'm excited. I think he's a, a good piece, fills some depth, good player.
2: I definitely agree that he's like a project type of player, um, at least right now. Uh, but yeah, he's super athletic. Um, he can play, he can make the, the big plays. So, you know, he'll, hopefully he'll be, you know, getting, um, rotational spot by the end of the year, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, his role increases somehow. There was questions about playing him at outside linebacker or if he'll play inside. He played both in college and was pretty good at both, but, uh, I feel like his, his intangibles kind of lead, lead me to think that, uh, Lead me to think that he's going to be playing outside, but you know that's that's another great thing. We'll see what Fangio does with them. Maybe he'll play both. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him.
1: All right, so round five, number one one forty five, Bilal Nichols, defensive tackle out of Delaware. What do you guys think?
0: Dude's a beast as far as uh, physical traits go. 6'4", 306. I mean that he was all team, first team all CAA, which again, I mean secondary quote-unquote lesser conference but not the highest level maybe but I mean we've seen pace likes these guys that can play really well at a different conference than what you usually see so I think he's a really good kind of a project pick but can also definitely fill a rotational role right away if he plays well and shows well in camp uh, just based on his size I think he could be another Eddie Goldman type. Honestly, like I, I know Eddie Goldman's a very key uh, foundational piece for the Bears, but uh, Nichols definitely shows that same type of size, that aggressiveness, and I mean, what's better than one Eddie Goldman, two Eddie Goldmans? For
2: me, I think I think he's going to be a rotational player right away. He's super talented. Uh, He moves well for his size. You know, behind Goldman and and Hicks, he'll be he'll be a solid player in my opinion. I think I think it was a really good pick. I didn't know too much about him uh, when we drafted him. Uh, I, I didn't watch too much tape on him, but uh, I, I did a little bit of research. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to fit in right away. Fangio makes average players or good players great. So, you know, I, I, I love the pick.
1: Something else I heard about Bilal is just the fact that he's so big and so wide, he could just plug those holes with the offensive lineman, he just takes up a lot of space. So when we do send guys through the inside, all they all he's got to do is like cover two offensive linemen, and just make a just a little hole. Especially for guys like Roquan Smith, who are just so fast, can get in there, just make a a crease basically. Just like on the opposite side, we're trying to get your running back through the through a hole. We're trying to get those inside linebackers through a hole and outside linebackers just uh, filling up space. And I think that's what Bilal is going to be good at is just <laughs> he's just a wide guy he's just a big guy uh there in the middle so
0: no i i agree with you and i mean we discussed it when we were talking about Roquan even that uh he maybe sometimes needs guys to create those holes for him and i think you did bring it up josh that for a guy like roquan that's just what you need him to do and furthermore i mean just think about the potential of pairing nickels with leonard floyd because we know leonard floyd can get through the tiniest opening in the blink of an eye so i, I think uh, there's a lot of potential there for, to create some havoc. And I like it a lot.
1: <laughs> so next we have Kylie Fitz, round six, number 181, defensive end out of Utah. Uh, the guy has injury problems. I think that's obviously why he dropped so far down. But production-wise, what do you guys think of his skill set?
0: I like him. It definitely fits the need for the Bears as far as uh, edge rush, getting the quarterback, all that. Uh, injuries are an issue, but... If he could work through him, I think there's a lot of potential there for him to pair with uh, Leonard Floyd and uh, definitely uh, give opposing offenses two guys to worry about, as well as Akeem Hicks. So I guess three guys.
2: Yeah, his his uh, 2015 year was clearly his best year. <clears throat> I played 12 games, um, and just a quick stat right here: he was first in the Pac-12 in forced fumbles with four 2015. So. Uh, something to watch out for he also had seven um, seven sacks and seven tackles for loss as well uh, to add on to the sack so you know he it's a small sample size but we can go with the argument that when he plays and when he's healthy he is productive so uh, another rotational player but you know he, he has a lot of upside just hoping he can stay healthy
1: I, I like what we have in the potential of um, Kylie fits, and like you said, it, he just fits a need that we have, and just hopefully he could stay healthy, um, and I feel like we have a lot of those guys on our roster who are just like, oh, I hope he could stay healthy, and he could be good, especially uh, even at outside linebacker, we got Leonard Floyd, we got Aaron Lynch, like these guys are hurt a lot, and so, I mean, if they could just stay on the field, uh, they could produce, and I feel like that's, that's how Kylie fits is, and how you can put him in that box too. All right, our last pick, but definitely not our 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 least talented pick, uh, is round seven, number two twenty four, Javon Wims, number one wide receiver at Georgia. Why he dropped though, I'm not sure. I don't know if you guys could fill me in on some insight on that. But he is added to a wide receiver group that is actually really stacked, which is so weird to say for the Chicago Bears, considering just last year we were wondering what we were going to do every week, who we were going to pass it to. So you guys have any insight on Javon Wims?
0: Not really. I mean, wide receiver is something that the Bears need. Um, again, like you said, it's just kind of these late round guys just trying to maybe find a diamond in the rough. But Wims definitely has that potential. And I think uh, don't count him out. I think he shouldn't be an afterthought. <clears throat> He's coming with his teammate Roquan Smith. I think I think maybe Roquan can maybe vouch for him a little bit. But it's interesting. And I, I think to get as many talented bodies into that receiver room as possible is a good thing, especially losing Meredith and losing Alshon the year before. So not knowing what you're going to get from Kevin White. So, yeah, I mean, that's just a long winded way of saying get as many receivers as possible on this roster.
2: I absolutely love Javon Wims. I, you know, I guess you guys know I watched Roquan Smith a lot last year. So I was kind of, you know, in the loop with all the Georgia players and this guy. Every time, every Georgia game I watched, he made at least two spectacular catches, and he had 720 yards and seven touchdowns last year. You know, and that's those stats. You know, they don't jump out to you on paper, but you know, he was playing with another very good wide receiver in Terry Godwin, Georgia. So, um, you know, and a true freshman QB. So, you know, those those stats are fantastic, and this this guy is literally going to fit the role of Cameron Meredith there's there's like no doubt in my mind that he makes the roster. like i i would I would be shocked if he doesn't uh, make the fifty three man. Uh, but yeah, he's insanely talented. A guy could be draped all over him and he'll go up and bring the ball down. it's it's incredible. i i the only thing I can think of of why he dropped solo was the fact that he really only had one good year. he didn't he didn't play that well in his uh well, he wasn't too much involved in his uh, junior years. so um, I guess small sample size is really the only thing I could think of.
1: It'll be interesting to see who makes the 53-man at the end of the off season because we have a lot of guys on the roster right now. We have Alan Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, and don't forget we have Benny Fowler. I
0: forgot about Fowler, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, exactly. Like We've I, got a lot of guys in that room, so we'll just see. Um, Josh
0: Bellman is yeah. still on the roster for some reason.
1: <laughs> I don't think he makes the 53-man. Just I mean, just real you, quick here. Uh, go ahead,
0: sorry, Chris. Jake. No, uh, go ahead.
2: Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Trey McBride last year um yes yeah he was he was really like i i liked him and i was just so shocked when we waved him i I feel like he was productive every time he played it was that i don't know why i still think about like why he got waved did do you guys like can you guys think of anything because i've been thinking about it till this day like i i felt like he was serviceable
0: embrace the tank probably
2: yeah Maybe. That that actually could have been
1: it. I actually think Trey McBride and Josh Bellamy got in some like, Yeah, I, I heard about that. I do actually remember that. Yeah, yeah and so we yeah, chose about Bellamy over McBride, which I thought was dumb, but I guess they just went with Which
0: is a wild, wild move.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was super high last year on, on Bug Howard. I don't know if you remember him. He's a wide receiver yeah. out of North Carolina. And obviously NFL teams know players better than I do. Like I just I just watched watch highlights but these he didn't make a roster this year he was cut by the browns like if you're cut by the browns there's a problem unless you're <laughs> un, unless you're Brock Osweiler and you can get a job wherever uh, yeah anyways that was our wide receiver rant <laughs> all right so let's go into some undrafted guys that we have coming into this rookie mini camp i'm just going to list them off we've got a cornerback and michael joseph linebacker niles morgan edge rusher andrew trumbetti Running back, Ryan Nall. Cornerback, Kevin Tolliver. Safety, Nick Orr. Punter, interesting. Ryan Winslow. And the reason that's interesting is Pat, O'Don- Pat O'Donnell just signed a one-year, I'm pretty sure, this year. So some punter like competition going into uh, into this offseason. Interesting. <laughs> and then we got a uh, D- uh, center or guard. He could play both positions. De'John Allen, uh, cornerback. Uh, Richard Font defensive end Bun Bun Me Rotimi Uh Edge Rusher Kavon Walker wide receiver Garrett Johnson Edge Rusher Edge Rusher Elijah Norris running back Nick Wilson Purdue, uh sorry no TJ McCollum, safety slash inside linebacker uh cornerback Tafon Mainsaw safety Delondo Boyd and quarterback Brian Shore, Chris, you said you had a couple guys that you were kind of excited about, or that you at least heard about.
2: Yeah, um, Kevin Tolliver out of LSU. This guy was once a five-star player coming out of high school, and um, you know he definitely did not play like a five-star at his time at LSU. He was, uh, you know, just uh, from what I've heard from talking to some LSU fans, uh, his his attitude is awful. And, you know, he just never really lived up to the hype. But like we know with Fangio, he's great with cornerbacks. He can, you know, help him out tremendously. And he was, like I said, he was once a f- uh, five-star player. So, I mean, it's not like he doesn't have talent. Uh, I, I'm pretty excited about this uh, this pickup. I, I don't know if he'll make the team. I hope he does, though. Um, he's, he, he does have the talent. Just Let's just see if he can put it all together.
1: Yeah, um, just looking at his, just his size, he's 6'3", 204 pounds, like that's a big cornerback to be able to cover uh, big wide receivers, so who's the other guy? Uh,
2: Michael Joseph, another cornerback, um, you know, I followed the Senior Bowl pretty closely this year, I was actually supposed to go down there and write for one of the site, sites I write for, but couldn't, it didn't happen, so. I just watched it. I was watching practices, and he was a guy who stood out in the practices and did pretty well in the game, too, from a smaller school in uh, Dubuque, I believe. Uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, he, he's he's another guy who has a lot of talent. Uh, two cornerbacks. I, the uh, cornerback uh, The cornerback group is going to be really exciting this year to see who makes it and gets left off um, because after, you know, Craven, Callahan, Fuller, Prince, you know, it's – wide open, I'd say. But yeah, those are the two guys that I feel like could make the team. Uh, two guys to watch out for, for me. And those are the two guys that I'm I'm pretty excited about.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Somebody from this undrafted free agency is going to make the roster. We talked about uh, linebacker, O-line, and wide receiver being in need at the start of the season. But now that those kind of been addressed, cornerback is definitely next on that list right now. Just the depth, not necessarily our starters, but the depth is where we, we lack help all right so rookie minicamp is this this weekend i'm so excited not just because we get to hear some about what's going on in house hall but uh that's just one more check mark about uh one more check mark to the season starting so just anytime that these little check marks come i'm just like yes that means we're that much closer
0: Inch- inching closer yeah stuff.
1: exactly yep. so uh what are some position battles jake that you are excited about in this rookie minicamp
0: camp? <clears throat> Uh, I'm excited to see how not it's, I wouldn't call it a battle, but I'm excited to see how they match up the linebackers and what the kind of the rotation is going to be. Um, I did read something the other day about the possibility of Kwiatkowski moving outside because there are a lot of new inside linebackers, which I think is really interesting. Um, because Kwiatkowski, he's decent in coverage. We know he can, he can, uh, play well in the run. So I think that's a really interesting idea. Um, also as well, as, as far as combinations go, the defensive line, Uh, how Jonathan Bullard fits in, how Nichols fits in, fits even. Um, Kylie fits, that is, not fits, fits twice. Um, But just how that combination goes, I'm excited to see. Um, And also what they do with Daniels, because like Chris said, uh, Daniels definitely probably is the best center on the roster. And Whitehair has had his issues there, even though he's played well. He's had his issues with missed time snaps, fumbles, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm interested to see how those combinations go. And I'm interested to see how uh, guys like Wims and those other wide receivers farther down on the depth chart uh, battled out. Bellamy, White, Wims, uh, whoever may might be at, uh, out there still. So I think that's definitely an interesting thing to watch uh, this upcoming camp.
1: What are some position battles that you're looking forward to past rookie minicamp? Yeah, I mean...
2: We, we talked about both of them already, but it's wide receiver and cornerback for me. Um, you know, it's just I feel like we have we have our starters in line already. Um, we have the good players at each position already, but it's just after that, the, the depth um, like like Javon Wims, in my opinion. I I'm praying um, I'm praying he makes the roster. I think he will. But, you know, I'm just hoping he does because I, I see so much talent in him. And then you know, there's still guys like Benny Fowler, uh, Bellamy, Marlon Brown is still there. Who else, uh, and then obviously the the, the the guys, you know, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, Alan Robinson, Kevin White, those guys are going to be there. But it's just, it's just after that, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, there's going to be maybe six, seven, eight, nine guys even fighting for about two, three spots. So um, in each position, wide receiver and cornerback, so you know i'm i'm interested in both of those both of those positions i i can't wait to see uh you know the the beat writers tweeting away about who's performing and who's not
1: it's not necessarily a position battle more so who's going to elevate themselves at the outside linebacker position and that's what i'm kind of looking forward to hearing about even this weekend like wow th- who are some of those outside guys like Kayvon walker or Elijah Norris, like, I've never even heard of these guys, but I hope I hope when, when after this weekend, like, somebody just, like, elevates themselves, like, b- makes a name of themselves. So that way, when we get to the season, um, we don't have to worry about that position anymore. Because, I mean, even guys after rookie minicamp, guys like Aaron Lynch and Leonard Floyd, like, can they stay healthy and be those guys? Uh, and even, you know who's kind of slid, under under a rock and like nobody really talks about it is Sam Sam Acho like he the last three games of uh, the season last year uh, last season he got a sack in each one of those games um, so I mean he's even made strides to potentially be a serviceable outside linebacker as well and be able to put the pressure on another thing that people seem to not just for, not forget about just they, they just don't think about it is just Vic Fangio's blitz packaging. He doesn't always rush from the outside. Like he, he I can't tell you how many times I heard Nick Krakowski's name coming uh, blitzing from the center. Uh, Roquan Smith is faster than Nick, so just just I'm excited about what what Vic can do with this with this new crew that he has on his his squad. So I mean he he blitzes with cornerbacks, he blitzes he there's all kinds of ways that you can provide pressure. And if you can get pressure with your uh your D linemen like Hakeem Hicks. like
0: There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential for this group to like, rack up sacks, which I love. I think there's a lot of potential there between Hicks and Floyd and Smith and uh, Bullard and Goldman and on and on and on and on. It, it feels like all of these guys have sack potential and that potential to create havoc in an opposing backfield, which is awesome, which you need, especially in the NFC North where there's a lot of really good quarterbacks.
1: So Monday we'll have our next podcast. We kind of – did this on Thursday so that way we could make up for the two days, two Mondays that we missed. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm Josh. Jake. And Chris over here. And Bear Down. Welcome!